13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Rigatoni the pasta cat. I dreamt up that story, didn't I? I'll write it. And so I did. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fun Kids Meets. I told you I'll be bringing a friend this week. It's been me the last two weeks, but now I get to bring Bex back into the party. Welcome along, Bex. Hello, I did wonder if you were lonely, Sean. I did notice you were kind of a bit solo recently. I know, I've been been, been riding solo. We had uh, my chat with Jim Carrey last week, and then we had the chat with me the week before that. So it's like <laughs> been over like massive, massive helpings of constant Sean the last couple of weeks wow. on Fun Kids Meets. We all love you, Sean, but I'm happy to help to dilute the, the yeah, Sean-ness. I feel, yeah, I feel like it's required. It just might as well just be Fun Kids Sean, this podcast. Well, hey, that's no bad thing. But um, uh, who do you bring us this week? Um, I feel like I'm I'm presenting to you. Uh, well, <laughs> former children's laureate, and I think one of the most successful uh, children's writers in the UK right now, Michael Rosen. I present to you Michael Rosen on a golden platter surrounded by his great works. I feel like I should like whip off a cloak or something from him and be Whoa. like, here it is. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> okay, I see. Or maybe um, like yeah. a, a massive kalosh. Is that the thing? A kalosh, yeah. Sean, I won't lie to you. I was going to use that word and then I didn't know whether you'd know what it meant. <laughs> that is so rude. Just, to, just, just so I can prove I know what a kalosh is. Um, I think you usually see them in like cartoons with chefs in it's like yeah. that big silver dome that goes over a delicious meal and then they lift up the dome and there's the food looking ace but in this scenario under a giant cloche is michael rosen exactly that and uh speaking of food his book is called rigatoni the pasta cat it's all about a cat who obviously loves pasta wow and it's even a pasta it, that could go under a cloche it's a kalosh-themed extravaganza, folks. It's a kalosh-themed show. Yeah, so you've got um, Michael Rosen telling us about his inspiration for it. Um, he tells us about this cat, Rigatoni, who loves pasta and is desperately trying to get his owners to give him as much pasta as possible, any type of pasta he fancies. Sean, what's your favourite type of pasta? I'll um, tell you what my favourite type of pasta is, Bex. I'm probably not pronouncing this right, but it's farfalle. Farfalle? Farfalle. Farfalle, 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 pasta, little butterfly pasta. You all oh. know what it is. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I just find spaghetti to be a lot of hassle, and I can imagine if I was a cat, spaghetti would be quite a lot of hassle to yeah. deal with. It'd be all over the shop, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
It's for me, even if I'm not a cat, it's still quite a big effort to eat. I, I'd go for, well, I change this every day what pasta I'm in the mood for. Um, I forget what I said in the interview, to be honest. But right now, I'd quite go for some lasagna. Brilliant. Let's mm. see what this cat's after. As we now join Michael Rosen, who's going to be chatting to Bex about his brand new pasta cat theme. Now, I have heard about your newest book, Rigatoni, The Pasta Cat, and I'm intrigued. What on earth is going on in this new story you've got for us? Well, we have a cat who happens to have the name, uh, which is also the name of a kind of pasta. So he's called Rigatoni and he loves pasta, don't we all? And he loves pasta. He loves all kinds of different pastas. Uh, so not just spaghetti, but quite a few others, as we'll hear later. And he's got two lovely people who look after him, but they have to go away. It sometimes happens. And uh, when they go away, they forget to tell the boy who's come to look after Rigatoni that he likes pasta. Instead, he just turns up with the ordinary cat food that he has, which is called Good Muse. See what I did there? <laughs> okay. and. Well, Rigatoni doesn't dislike it, but he doesn't like it very much either. So a crisis starts developing. What is Rigatoni going to do? How is he going to get the pasta that he loves? I'll leave you with that problem. Now, have you had real life experience from this? Do you have a cat who only eats pasta? No, but what I do have real life experience of is sitting in hospital and hoping, dreaming, wishing, longing that someone would bring me some hummus. Hummus, really? There is an alternative book, which would be called Michael Rosen, The Hummus Man. But in fact, it's come out as Rigatoni, The Pasta Cat. I think I speak for everybody when I say we would read that hummus book like 100%. I am there for a Michael Rosen hummus book. Uh, now, I did, I did read a little bit about this. Was this when you were um, recovering from COVID? Is that right, when you were in hospital? That's right, um, if I can put this nicely. Uh, I went to sleep for 40 days and 40 nights. It's very, very biblical. Um, uh, they, they give you special things to make you go to sleep. And then when you're asleep, they hope you'll get better. There's not much they can do. They just sit there hoping that you're, so, you're doing so little that your body will concentrate on getting better. And I did. So they woke me up. It wasn't very easy, but they did try to wake me up. They got my wife in to help wake me up. Wake up, Michael. Wake up. No, I like being asleep. Anyway, so they woke me up. And then I was just lying in the bed because I couldn't stand up and I couldn't walk. These are things that I've had to learn how to do. And so while I was lying there, I dreamed up. Rigatoni the pasta cat, a cat that would love pasta and couldn't get it. So I dreamt it up. So now you've got to go on another month uh, or more. Yes, just about a month. And I come home and then I sit at the computer and I think, what am I going to do now that I can't really walk very well? Um, I know. Wasn't there that thing I used to do? I, didn't I used to write stories and poems? Yeah. Can I think of one? Um... Rigatoni the pasta cat. I dreamt up that story, didn't I? I'll write it. And so I did. Oh, my goodness. What was it like going back to writing? Was it kind of, a, did it feel uh, refreshing and kind of exciting to be able to get back into it again? Or was it hard to get back into the mindset? No, it was lovely. It was all that you said first. Yes, it was, uh, it was exciting. It was fun. It was challenging. 
Um, and also, of course, I could write about the things that had happened to me. So though Rigatoni the Pasta Cat is sort of, as I've said, Michael Rosen, the hummus man, but um, the, the poems that I wrote were more about what happened to me. How did that happen? Who kept, what was that thing where I, I learned I was sitting in the gym and I had that conversation? Or what was that conversation I had with the doctor? And why did they say that about me? All those kinds of questions, which, you know, happened to all of us. You know, why did that happen? Why did so-and-so say that to me? Was that meant to be nice or was that hurtful? So you can write these things down. And it's a great relief if you can imagine that your brain is like a balloon and there's air in it and the, the air is pushing against the balloon so much that the skin of the balloon is actually hurting a bit. And then when you pop the balloon, then it just relaxes. Well, it's a little bit like that with writing. When you write, you pop the balloon of your head and it goes <laughs> onto the page and then you feel relaxed. You're as relaxed as a burst balloon. Well, I imagine it's a thing of like keeping stuff in your head all the time, isn't it? And then suddenly when you get a chance, it's almost cathartic getting it out on a piece of paper and just writing it out and getting it from one place to another. Yes. And then you can see it. So I sometimes think of the page as your friend. You put things on a page. It doesn't laugh at you. It doesn't mock you. It is not angry with you. It doesn't answer you back. It doesn't argue with you. It's your friend. And so the friend just listens. The piece of paper just listens to you. So you write down something that a nurse said, like let's say a nurse said, well, what are you in here for? Make this seem a very ordinary thing to say. And then you think, well, if you don't know what I'm in here for and I don't know, then we're both in trouble, aren't we? <laughs> so you scribble that down. Do you see? Yeah. You write it down on a piece of paper. You write down the conversation. You look at it and think, have I said all that I want to say there? Maybe I'll add a bit. No. Yes, yes, I will. You play with it, you see? Uh, and you can play with it in all sorts of ways. You can start adding flowery language, if you like flowery language. You could add rhymes, if you like rhymes. Or you can leave it very kind of spare, as it's called, very sort of bald. And that's how I like it, and that's how I write it. So that's how I wrote my book, Many Different Kinds of Love, which is about what happened to me in 2020. Uh, now, you also mentioned Tony Ross there. Like, what a joyous illustrator. Well, you must have been so chuffed that he was on board with your work as well and was joining in on Rigatoni. Yes. Well, we've done a whole series together. Hampstead the Hamster, Fluff the Farting Fish, <laughs> Bilal's Brilliant Bee, Don't Forget Tigs, Barking for Bagels, Choosing Crumble, Burping Bertha. So anyway, Tony and I have done a variety of books. We've also done a book that's a sort of update of Macbeth, which is sort of set in a, uh, a boys football team, which is called Macbeth United. Oh, wow. So I didn't know like that. That's that. cool. Yeah. And we also did a book which is like an update of Oliver Twist, which is called Unexpected twist thank you i'm glad you like these titles there we go. so we've done quite a few books together tony and i yeah he's yeah. i mean he's a he must be a very in-demand illustrator as you are in-demand writer do you have to do you find time together like how do you actually kind of schedule up your diaries we do meet just occasionally uh usually socially or a planning meeting of some sort or another and uh, i love him dearly he's a very very funny guy and uh, I'm just quite happy to sit and listen to him talking because he always has the most incredible stories um, about where he lives, which I don't really even understand where he lives, but it's somewhere in the middle of England. And then he starts suddenly saying, well, yes, 
um, we've got a horse. And you go, what? <laughs> Wait, where's the horse? Or he'll say, you know, things like, yeah, so-and-so came to stay. And then um, he wouldn't leave. So I go, well, what do you mean he wouldn't leave? Well, we asked him to leave and he didn't. And then he'll tell you another whole crazy story. So you may think somehow or other, you know, he's the illustrator. So he just sits there drawing and Michael Rosen goes, gab, 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 talk, talk, talk. Not at all. He sits there talking and I'm just going, no, that's so funny. That's so brilliant. Do some more. Tell some more. So I love Tony's stories. I love them. Well, I was going to say he he might be inadvertently inspiring you to write your own books. He doesn't realise he might become your muse. Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah, I'll tell him that next time. Yes. Thank you so much for telling us about Rigatoni, the pasta cat. And I believe the book is out right now. So everybody should go and grab it as much as they can. It is. And for anyone taking a picture of me now, obviously radio is not very visual. But if by chance anybody's taking a picture, here is my head with my glasses and my haircut. I had a haircut the other day. And uh, you always have to do what your wife says, you know. And and here is Rigatoni, the pasta cat by Mike Rosen, illustrated by Tony, Tony, Tony Ross. Lovely Michael Rosen there, chatting about pasta and cats and books. Which I mean, a it's a classic combo. Yeah, why, why wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, lovely Michael, who I think I've interviewed a few times now, and it's just a, always a joy. Because he is one of the finest authors of all time. Yeah, he's, he's just, and also just has written so many books, books that I read as a kid, uh, books that he's still bringing out now. Like, it's just insane how many he's got out there. And he also, as a children's laureate, was a pretty big deal as well. So, yeah, I'm just really happy that we have him as a friend of fun kids. It's excellent stuff. Uh, so big thank you to Michael and also massive thank you to Bex for hanging out with us on Fun Kids. You're very welcome. And we will be back next week with more excellent and interesting people for you to hear from. So make sure you smash that follow button, hit that subscribe button, or whatever that button looks like on the device you're listening on. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thirteen-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.